Praise the Lord, everybody. The Lord is worthy. Amen, amen. So good to be in the house of God tonight one more time. Amen. It's indeed a privilege whenever we can get the chance to um, get together. I always look for the opportunity, Sister Stacy. Whenever I can get uh, get into the house of God, it, it meant means so much to me. Um, something that I dearly don't take lightly, but I'm I'm always honored, regardless of what I'm doing during my co- course of the day when I'm working. Sometimes I find myself carried away. Whenever it's church time, there's just something that's saying you just need to you don't need to be where you are. You know so. I'm so glad that we we are together in this fashion one more time to lift up the name of the Lord, who is truly worthy to be praised. And uh, we're going to stand um, tonight as we pray. And whatever the Lord have in store tonight, He's going to do what He has to do tonight. So, Amen, Amen. I don't know if there's anyone with any special request. You can raise your hands. We can pray with you. We can pray for you. Amen, Brother Tom. Congregation, everybody, everybody, <laughs> everybody need prayer tonight. Amen. Amen. That's all right. Amen. It can be done. Amen. It can be done. Amen. We're going to go to the Lord at this time and, and uh, as we pray and ask the Lord to touch us individually. Look around for the folks that are around. Um, see who's there. And each person pray for someone. Amen. Our online congregation, if you have a request tonight, amen. Hopefully, you can uh, send it to the media team, or you can raise your hand where you are and pray for us. Amen. We pray for you also. Amen. Let's just bow our heads as we go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we love you. We thank you, Lord God, one more time for being in your presence, Lord God. You are so good to us, Lord God. Nothing good that we have done, Lord God. We gather together one more time to lift up holy hands and to magnify your name tonight, Lord. We ask you, dear God, that you may forgive us for every sin. We ask you, dear God, that you will cleanse us from all unrighteousness and all filthiness. We ask you, dear God, to purge us, Lord God. Help us to be what you call us to be, Lord God. And as we gather here tonight, Lord God, we ask you, Lord God, that you will move in our midst like never before, Lord God. And as we pray tonight, we pray for every hand that raised tonight, Lord God. Whatever the needs are, whatever the requests are tonight, Lord God. We're touching and agreeing. For we know, Lord God, you say we should ask and it shall be given. And we come in the name of Jesus tonight, Lord God. That you will touch every person tonight, Lord God. Lord God, if it's physical, Lord God, we know you're able, Lord God. If it's emotional, we know you're Haber, Lord God. If it's financial, we know you're Haber. Oh, God, whatever the needs are tonight, Lord God, we trust in you, Lord God. And we ask you, Lord God, that you'll touch every person in this place tonight, Lord God. Touch them from the crown of their head, oh, God, to the sole of their feet, Lord God. We ask that your will will be done in our midst. Oh, God, move among us in a miraculous way tonight, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, that you will touch us like never before. We pray for our online congregation, Lord God, those that are not here tonight, Lord God, or whatever they're doing in their midst, Lord God, that you'll move upon them tonight, Lord God. We ask you to speak to our hearts, speak to our minds. Lord God, for those that are not here tonight, we ask you to touch them, Lord God. 
We ask you, Lord God, that you will, oh God, continue to bless them and strengthen them, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, that you will continue to bless this congregation, Lord God. We truly commit this congregation in your hand. We commit all our families in your hand tonight, Lord God. Father God, as we pray tonight, we ask you, Lord God, that the Spirit of God will move upon us like never before. Truly, God, as we gather in your presence one more time, you said how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Lord God, we ask you to unify us like never before. Let there be a move. Oh God, let the Spirit of God move upon us individually and collectively, Lord God. I pray you will touch our pastor tonight and his family, Lord God. Strengthen them and be with them like never before, Lord God. Touch every household that is representative here tonight, Lord God. I pray and ask you, Lord God, for those that are sick in their body, we ask you, Lord God, to touch them tonight, Lord God. Those, Lord God, that are in, in danger, those that are losing things, oh God, that you'll open up doors and provide for them, oh God. For we know you are our provider and our keeper. Lord God, we acknowledge you tonight. We present our bodies to you, Lord, tonight as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto you, which is our reasonable service. Help us not to get conformed to this world, but help us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind that will prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. We want your will to be done in our midst tonight, Lord God. We want your will to be done in our homes, Lord God. We want your will to be done in our congregation like never before, Lord. Oh, Father God, and as we pray tonight, we ask you, Lord God, that the Spirit of God will take us to deeper heights. Oh, God, higher heights in you, Lord God, that will draw nigh unto you, Lord God, that will continue to look to you from whence cometh all our help. Oh, God, you have made us, Lord God, for such a time as this. And as we pray tonight, we ask you, oh God, that you continue to help us, Lord God, to worship you, Lord God, in spirit and in truth. For you seek at such to worship you, Lord. We ask you to have your way among us, Lord God. We ask you to take full control of the service tonight. Oh God, that whatever we do tonight, Lord God, that you will get the glory and you will get the honor, Lord God. We pray and ask you to speak to our hearts. Speak to our minds, oh God. We ask that your will will be done in this place, oh God. We give you glory. We give you honor. Father God, as we praise you tonight, Lord God, we ask you, Lord God, for a fresh touch of anointing upon us like never before, Lord, and that we'll continue to worship you like never before. Oh God, I will not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation. Have your way among us tonight, Lord God. Lead us, Lord God, not into temptation, but deliver us from all evil, Lord. Let your will be done. Oh God, let your kingdom come. Father God, we honor you, Lord God. We magnify your name. We glorify your name. We exalt your name. And we say thanks in advance for what you're about to do in this place tonight. We give you glory and we give you honor. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And can we just give the Lord a round of applause tonight? Oh, hallelujah. Let's give him a round of applause tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We praise your name, Lord God. We honor you and glorify your name tonight. Amen, amen. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. 
Amen, amen. Thank you. We praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, let's praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He alone is worthy to be praised. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. I know Brother Henry's on the spot tonight. Amen. But he's getting ready, whatever the Lord has in store, brother. If it's just a word of encouragement, whatever the Lord has in store for you, my friends. Amen. Want the Lord to have his way among us tonight and do what he has to do in the service tonight. Amen. Praise God. We truly are honored to be in his presence tonight to worship him because he's great and is greatly to be praised. And whenever we can get the chance to praise him, we need to praise him with all our hearts and all our minds. Amen. He's truly alone. He is the one that we're here to worship and adore. And I'm so glad. I'm so honored to be a part of this great, big, happy family of God. Amen. We have been washing his fountain. We have been cleansed by his blood. We are joined here with him as we travel alone. Amen. We're going to sing a song. Amen. We're going to sing a song. Um, probably we can sing a cappella. Amen. Just to just sing a song. Um, in fact, we can sing, Oh, come, let us adore him. Amen. Very familiar, easy song that we should be singing. Amen. Every time we see here. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. In Christ the Lord. For he alone is worthy.
holy faithful oh come holy faithful joyful and triumphant oh come me oh come me to Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Remain standing as Brother Henry. Come on up in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord, everybody. He alone is worthy. You may sit tonight. It's good to be here tonight. Good to be prepared. Amen. It's very cold outside, but you know it's a good thing to be inside here tonight. Amen. Amen. I greet you tonight in the name of Jesus Christ, and it's it's really an honor to be here, and you know God has blessed us and has kept us and you know every every chance we get we should do all we can we should call upon his name we should worship him we should we should just let him know that he is god to us he is he's our savior amen um tonight i'm just going to look back at um a scripture that I have, or a lesson that I've gone over. Um, it's uh, the prophet Amos. It's talking about the prophet Amos. And um, let me just get right into it. As one of the 18th century prophets, Amos stands in good company alongside Isaiah, Jose, and Micah. Amos and Jose faced tough prophetic assignments compared to their contemporary Isaiah and Micah. Both Isaiah and Micah ministered in the southern kingdom of Judah during the days of the divided kingdom. So, just before we go any further, this divided kingdom that we're talking about is um, Israel wasn't just it started off like that. It was just Israel, just one nation. But um, at some point, the nation became two. Um, 
David sat on the throne, his son Solomon, but um, when his son, Rehoboam, came and sat on the throne now, uh, that's when he did something wrong. You know, God ripped the kingdom from the entire Israel from him and only left him with two tribes. And ten tribes moved to the north, considered the northern kingdom, and the other two were the southern kingdom or Judah. And um, so when you hear about these prophets, all of them don't minister in one place. You know, some are in the northern kingdom, some are in the southern kingdom, you know, at different times. So that's what this is, is uh, making mention of. The people there prove more. They were more. Um, they were more receptive to the words of the prophets, as they had served in the court of, of several kings. He, his potential, familiar relationship with King Ahaz may have secured his position. In contrast, Amos and Hosea ministered in the northern kingdom of Israel, an area exceedingly unfriendly to prophets. The people and their leaders had no real desire to heed the word of God and obey the Lord. Amos likely felt great trepidation when the Lord called him to travel to the north and preach to the people. He overcame his reluctance and shared his troublings cautiously with the northerners. Um, both Isaiah and Micah ministered in the southern kingdom of Judah during the days of the divided kingdom. That's where they, they, they were based, and that's where, where they, they ministered. They would listen, and they were capable of submission. Um, even though they still sinned and committed idolatry, they were not fully engulfed in sin. So um, th th there was a big difference. The northern kingdom, all the kings in the northern kingdom, none of them were good. None of them served God. While the southern kingdom, some were good and some, some were evil. But the northern kingdom... Um, and it was ruled by Jeroboam. The name sounds um, similar, but one is Jeroboam. He's not related to, to uh, the lineage, King Solomon, King David lineage. But Rehoboam is the son. So he became king, and he ruled, and uh, he did some things that God didn't like. Why are we sometimes reluctant to share the word of God with others? That's a question. It's a, it's a different kind of um, Bible study tonight. You know, why are we sometimes reluctant to share the word of God with others? Anybody?
scientists would say, happy. Maybe, maybe we are afraid. Maybe, you know, we, we're, we're not sure what, the, sometimes we probably are not sure of ourselves. But, you know, sharing the word of God, it should be something that is um, into us in such a way that it doesn't matter anymore. And I'll give you a, a, a quick testimony. As I said, it's a different kind of um, Bible study. When I, when I started, I started um, on the, the Harvey. Then, then Brother Wayne was the leader of the um, um, evangelism. And I would just, he would just walk up to, to everybody and just talk. Just talking like he knew them from five years ago. And, you know, a couple times I did that because, I, I, you know, I think I had enough. And, <laughs> you know, just, just shut up. Just run out of gas. But it, it really, if you, if you read, if you study, you know, and prepare yourself. And, and little by little, you're going to be able to um, speak with people and get more comfortable. And, you know, a lot of times it's just um, just telling them about the, the gospel, the good news. Just telling them about Jesus Christ. So it's not anything, you know, real scientific or real difficult. It's just telling them about Jesus Christ. And they might have some questions, you know, but that that's really it. It's not anything much more than that. And after a while, I got it. Brother Carl <laughs> can attest to that. <laughs> um, shepherd and fruit gatherer. Perhaps God chose Amos because of his bi-vocal um, pedigree. He was both a shepherd and a gatherer of sycamore figs. In spite of Amos's background, the Lord prepared him for his mission. So, sometimes we feel like we are not the right choice. We, we, we're not good enough. We're not um, whatever our excuses are. We're not good enough. Oh, that person, oh, they, they went to Bible college. Oh, that person, they have been in the church a long time. They, they, you know, they hear the word a long time. What I come to realize more and more um, in this church, God, he, he calls us, and he, he will prepare us. He, he's not looking for your ability, because the, your ability comes from him. He's looking for you to be available. And then he will put you in whatever place he will send you. And he's not just going to send you alone. Because there are many scriptures that tell you he will not leave you or forsake you. He's not going to just push you out and shut the door and, you know, looking from inside on you. He's there with you. And he's going to um, strengthen you. And words, scriptures that you, you, you had studied before, you'll be surprised to see how it comes back in your mind. You know what I used to do? I used to write up some scriptures in the back of my Bible. And, you know, from referring to them every now and then, I remember them. 
especially when you're out on the field there, because you get you get people from all over the, the place asking you different questions, and you know, so it's it's a gradual thing, and you learn, and you get more bold. And I say this all the while: for me to be standing in front of everybody, and um, doing this, it's it's a miracle. <laughs> He made sure of sure Amos felt the full weight of the judgment he pronounced. Amos prophesied against the enemies of Israel and Judah before delivering God's judgment against them. Before Amos um, before Amos indicted eight heathen nations, God forced him to confront those near and dear to him in his very first prophecy. His words hit him where he lived because he prophesied against the habitation of, of shepherds. Amos 1-2. Um, God was using Amos here now, but he was dealing with, with dealing with him first in his environment before he sent him out somewhere else. He was using him and um, to speak to his fellow shepherds, you know. So you don't want to get up and, you know, go, in, go out and um, preach out there first. You want to do it at home, in, in your local environment, you know. How you just get up and go out there and, and preach in the word and teach in the word when nobody at home know anything at all about the word. So, God was dealing with him here first uh, before he sent him on, you know, his way to, to uh, deliver. Um, Amos completely understood the plight facing the shepherds. As a result, he likely took on, um, took no pleasure in uttering this first judgment on people from the same occupation. He didn't delight in it. Although Amos described himself as a shepherd, we do not know if he worked as an ordinary shepherd or had a special position in Jerusalem. Based on the Hebrew word used to describe the prophet in Amos 1.1, some scholars had argued that he had charge of the flocks used for um, sacrifice in the temple. Whatever the specifics may be, Amos understood shepherding. However, he had no formal training as a prophet. Amos let the northerners know he was not a prophet, nor the son of a prophet. Perhaps Amos preferred not to be associate, not to associate himself with prophets or the sons of prophets, because far too many false prophets choose the occupation for personal gain. Amos may have preferred not to be called a prophet or son of a prophet due to the falseness associated with the office as well as the fact that his experience did not arise from prophetic guide, guild, but from his two other vocations, vocations and God's calling. Um, 
Amos here. He, he was a shepherd. He was a humble shepherd. And um, knowing the work of a shepherd, you have to be prepared to take care of um, your sheep. And the sheep needs everything. The sheep is, is not independent. So being a shepherd, you, you are a caregiver. You, you do everything. So... Um, in that respect, when God called him to um, watch over his people, he, he would have been prepared in somewhat, in so, some way. Just like David, David looked after his sheep and until he was elevated to um, being in the palace and, and um, become king. But being a shepherd, you have to do everything for the sheep. Because they can't do it. And they are not independent. And a lot of times the Bible compares us with sheep. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We're not going to be long tonight. But um, I'm just going to point out a few more things here. What are some examples of false prophets in our world today? I'm sure I'm not asking for anybody to point out anybody specific, but um, I'm sure you have been places and you hear people, you know, just acting strange and telling you all kind of stuff. And um, I, I think that is a is is such a burdensome position that you don't just go around and say, hey, I'm a prophet, I'm a prophet. You know, God deals with you how he wants to deal with you. And, you know, when he gives you the revelation to, to give to others, that's when you come on and um, reveal it to others. But people get up and prophesy things that you know, don't come to pass. It's a good thing we're not living in the old olden days because they, they would stone people in the olden days when um, the things didn't come to pass. Um, despite the gaping hole in his prophetic resume, Amos accepted the call. Like many others, like many other prophets, such as Isaiah and Jeremiah, he may have felt reluctant to speak for the Lord. Perhaps Amos felt he had the wor um, worst background when compared to the others. After all, Moses grew up in, in Pharaoh's court, and Isaiah had connections to the royal family. Although Jeremiah came from a family of disavowed priests, um, at least he had a link to the ministry. When Amos stated he was not a son of the prophet, he revealed that no prophet had chosen to engage his service as an apprentice, and yet God chose Amos for a very special mission. So he didn't have any ministers, any 
pastors, any, 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 any well-known um, religious men running through his family. He was just an ordinary man who loved God, did what he did, but continued to serve God. So this is telling me that it doesn't matter your background. Again, it doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter where you start. God can use you. If, if the humility, if the humility that, you know, one, you can't sit idle. You must be calling on the name of the Lord and just doing what you're doing. God will see and he will use you. It's not, it's not those that, you know, get up and show themselves they have some talent and they want to use that talent and disguise, you know, to make it look like they are very um, spiritual or religious. Amos was just an ordinary, um, an, an ordinary person. And he declared right away that he's not a prophet or the son of a prophet. So we don't have to be prophets or sons of prophets. We can serve God in our own way. You know, God, he will lead us. He will direct us. We don't have to come from um, having any prophets in our family. Amos could have easily used his inexperience as an excuse and not heed the calling from God. A lot of times people do that. They say, no, God couldn't call me to do that. I don't know nothing about that. I've never um, engaged in that kind of thing yet. Nobody from my family. But, and he was nervous just like some of the men before and after him who God used mightily. You know, the more you read the Bible and you look into um, some of these scriptures, it's the more you realize that these powerful men in the Bible, they are human just like us, right? It's not like when God called and they, they just, uh, just get up and just walk and just take on the responsibility uh, as boldly as, as um, ever. Some of them, they made excuses. They, you, you know, remember Moses, Moses' story. Moses was, he made a lot of excuses. Um, he didn't want to do it. The, 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 the challenge was daunting for him. So when we are called, when we get an assignment, you know, as long as we, um, as, as long as we are connected to God, we should not be deterred. And I'm, even though I'm here saying that, I'm talking to myself. We should not be deterred. We should, you know, just remember. If, if it's only one scripture that we can remember, greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. Just remember that and um, just go out and do whatever it is that... Um, he tells us to do. <laughs> the first time <laughs> pastor told me I'm coming up here to <laughs> do something. <laughs> I don't think I slept for a week. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time I wanted the Sunday to reverse. <laughs> but by the help of God, I got through it. <laughs> Amen. Amen.
God speaks through the prophets. Amos boldly declared, Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his, seek, his secret unto his servants, the prophets. This is one of the scriptures that I, you know, I took my time to uh, memorize this scripture, Amos 3, 7. I, I like this. Again, it says, Surely the Lord God will do nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants and prophets. So, Nothing is going to happen. Uh, if you're serving God, God is going to make a way for you to know what is going on. He's not going to just um, bypass you, just not tell you anything and just do what he's doing. He's going to, uh, according to the scriptures, and the scriptures are word from God. Sure, the little Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his, his secret unto his servants, the prophets. The Lord does not act without revealing his will to the ministry. As a prophet, Amos had special knowledge, but he chose to share it with others, even though they may not have expected such horrific judgment from the Lord. In today's world, many people often view prophets, preachers, and evangelists as um, bringers of hope. In the ancient world, more often than not, there were <laughs> harbingers of doom because God gave them clear vision of the destruction to come. Many of them felt, felt an incredible weight of sadness and responsibility when they shared the, the fierce and fiery words of the Lord. No wonder they ex um, expressed so much reluctance at the call. They did not want to speak horror in the people's lives, but as obedient servants, they put aside their personal feelings and heeded the call. And that's what we should do. When God calls us and sends us, you know, to do anything, we should put aside how we feel personally. Whatever is going on inside us, the personal side, just put that aside and, and, um, and just heed to his calling. And do his will. Just um, going back on this. Before God does anything, he warns his, his prophets so they can warn the people. If you look at it, what a loving God. I always reflect on Nineveh. They were wicked people. They didn't serve God. As a matter of fact, they were wicked to God's people. But before he destroyed them, he gave them one more chance. And he sent his prophet to tell them, look, if you don't heed this, I'm coming at you. And all that happened to Jonah was proved to be more convincing to them. And they heeded. They heeded. And you see what happened when, when you're obedient when you're, and you're repentant? They weren't destroyed. God didn't have to do that. He could have just, you know, judged them right away and deal with them. But he made a way for them, even though they were wicked. Sometimes people believe it's only who go to church and serving God that God loves. Uh, you know, we tend to forget that God 
when we weren't serving him, when we were yet sinners, he saved us. Amen? He saved us when we were yet sinners. It's not um, us getting righteous now and then he said, come. We couldn't get righteous at all without him. So it's when we were yet in our sin that um, he called us and he died for us to make you know, a way for us to escape. It is the people's responsibility to repent and turn from their wicked ways. If they do, they will save their lives and avoid destruction. And that's what happened when, when we do. We heed the word of God, and repent, and ask for forgiveness. And that's it. God is faithful and just, and he will forgive give us if we ask him to. Another thing I, I, I like um, when I read the scriptures and we look at David, for example, no matter what he does, when his sin confronts him, whether it's the topic, whether it, it comes to his mind, you know, he repents right away. And you might look at it as nothing at all, but for us who are not kings and queens, I mean, you know, having that status. It's hard for some of us to, you know, just repent and, and, and um, just humble ourselves to God. Just imagine when a man gets elevated to a top position, you know, how much he feels that it is beneath him to bow and, and repent, ask for forgiveness. He doesn't want to do that. So David does that every time. So you know, just looking at the scriptures, it, it, it really, it shows you what you're not supposed to, wh what happens when you do wrong so that you can be guided into doing the right thing. But, you know, just paying a little more attention to it, you see how these great men, um, how they function and, and, and how they live. And you can use that. We can use that in our lives today. Amen. Today, people expect preachers to tell them something that they like. They are preachers that preach only prosperity. They preach things that sound good, that people want to hear. In the times of Amos and the other prophets, the message was not prosperity. The message was telling the people to get it together. Repent from their wicked ways, or else God will destroy them. You know, um, we, need, we need someone that hears from God to break down the message for us, and someone that will tell us the message exactly how he or she got the message to keep us in line. That is what we want each time, constantly, because... We have a tendency when everything is um, good, we just kind of drift, <laughs> you know. So we need, w the Bible shows us also throughout the scriptures, you always have a man that God speaks to and he speaks to the people. So we, we you know, 
sometimes you hear people telling you, oh, I don't have to get in that organized thing, you know. I can I do it on my own. <laughs> I read on my own and that kind of thing. Yeah. But when you read the word and you understand what God is looking for, you realize that um, that's not so. That's not what God wants. He wants us to fail not to assemble ourselves, you know, especially in this time. Amen? Amen. And uh, any questions so far? Any questions? Uh, First Lady, you have a question? Oh. Amen. I just want to, um, in closing, I want to encourage you that um, we, no matter what we do, we must have, um, we must have connection to God. We must stay connected to him. And we must, like how it is set out in the Bible, we must be under a pastor. It's, it's not going to work any other way. We can't do it on our own. So, if we take the time out to realize what is happening in the word of God, and we try to implement that and try to stay on even times when um, we might do wrong, we are in an environment that is designed to, you know, get us back in the right frame of mind because we are surrounded by our church family. And if you are getting weak at some point, you know, just being in that environment, you know, you'll hear the word. Somebody will come to you with something because um, God don't just talk to you in this audible voice or, or, or just speak to you in your mind. He uses the pastor. He uses, he uses the word. So if you are in, the, um, if, if you keep yourself in a situation like that, then, you know, you're on good ground because the chances of you just getting up and just walking away is, is slim because you are surrounded by, you know, godly people, you know, your, your um, church family to encourage you, to get you back on track. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. He alone is worthy. I'm just going to ask you to stand while I um, pray in dismissal. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you. There is so much that you have made, you have put in place for us so that we can continue to worship you and to just call upon your name and stay connected with you, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, we don't want to forget that the enemy is like a roaring lion seeking whom he will devour. We don't want to forget that, Lord Jesus. But at the same time, we should not be afraid. 
because greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your mercy and your grace. We thank you for just covering us and keeping us throughout the days, Lord Jesus. There are so many things that could have happened to us, but because of you, your protection, your mercy, and your grace that renews every morning, Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord. I pray, O oh God, a blessing upon our church family tonight, Lord Jesus. Cover them. Cover each and every member, Lord Jesus. Guide them back home safely, Lord Jesus. Lord, touch their family individually, O oh God, and collectively. Use them as the pastor, as the man of God and woman of God in their family to bring their family member to you, Lord Jesus. Because at the end of the day, thy will be done. And Lord Jesus, we want to be part of your will. We want to spearhead your will, Lord Jesus. We want to be the evangelist that you called us to be, Lord Jesus, to win souls for you. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Lord, I pray for our pastor, O God, the man of God that you have chosen to lead us in a time like this. I pray, O God, that you would continue to cover him with your mercy and your grace, Lord Jesus. I pray that you continue to put a hedge of protection over him, O God, and keep him, Lord Jesus. I pray that you cover his family, Lord Jesus, and as they go, O God, for their rest and recuperation, Lord Jesus, be with them, Lord. Keep them, Lord Jesus, and strengthen them and refresh them, O God, so that when they get back, Lord Jesus, they will be fit once more and ready for the work that you have for them. Lord Jesus, keep all of us tonight in the name of Jesus Christ as we go to our respective location, O oh God. Keep us and guide us in the name of Jesus Christ. We say amen. Amen. Thank you.